Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Sports fans, welcome to the gymnasium. You're listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 9th of September. And yes, we're talking about week one is finally here for the Bucks Nation. Going to break down the game, see what happens with them, the rest of the teams in the NFL. Talking about some tennis with the U.S. Open. Maybe a little college football as well. The number here, 877-448-7901. Best way is JimmyBSports.com to get on the show with your email. We'll be right back to kick it off on Power 90.1. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-291-2865-800-291-2865-800-291-2865 That's 800-291-2865 Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1 Well, football fans, it's finally here. Week 1. Hopefully you had a chance to watch the game on Thursday night. The Chiefs hosted the Detroit Lions and the Lions marched into Arrowhead Stadium and marched out with the victory. They upset the Chiefs 21-20. That was the season opener for the NFL. And yeah, the Lions, they looked good. They went toe-to-toe with the reigning Super Bowl champs and now came out ahead. I think that if you look at the game, there's a couple takeaways. First of all, you have to realize that the Chiefs did not have two out of their two of their best three players. We're gonna talk about Chris Jones, uh, who was the nose tackle that's holding out. He did not play, and of course, you had Travis Kelsey, the all-pro, I I think, Hall of Famer, tight end. Uh, He did not play due to a knee hyperextension that he had during the week. So you take those two players out of the lineup, it's definitely going to make a difference whether you're the Chiefs or any other team. But uh, a couple of takeaways from the game, you have to say that Detroit, there's a lot of uh, hoopla this year about them having a good season. They're running back David Montgomery, who used to be with Chicago, put the Lions on top for good with an eight-yard touchdown run. Uh, and actually, that gives the Lions their first one-and-all start since 2017. Amon Ross St. Brown, he got the Lions off to a quick start with the game's first touchdown, which was a nine-yard catch from Jared Goff. And I'll say this about Goff. He uh, doesn't play any preseason games. He hasn't in a while. But when he goes out there, he doesn't make many mistakes. He's very good at um, game management, I would say. When you look at what he does, he's not going to go out there and win many games, I don't believe. He does make some good plays when he has to. If you look at what he did on Thursday night, there are a couple fourth downs that Coach Campbell decided to go for, including one of them in the first half of the game from their own 17. 
But, um, you know, Goff looked comfortable against the Chiefs. He, I believe, completed passes to at least seven different receivers. I think Marvin Jones Jr. and uh, tight end. Anybody see Sam Laporta out there? I think he's an up-and-coming star. I think he's going to make a definite impact in that uh, division as well. So talk about what the Lions did. They came in with an attitude where they're supposed to be competitive, and they looked like they were. Talk about what the Chiefs didn't do. Again, when you have two of your best players on the team out, it's going to make a difference. Now, when you have your leading receiver having two receptions for 48 yards, that's going to make a difference. When you have your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who's in a league of his own, as your leading rusher, that probably is not going to bode well for you. So uh, what happened to the Chiefs? It's game one. So if you're a Chiefs fan, I really wouldn't look too much into it. What I would say is that, you know, hyperextended knee for Kelsey. It looks very promising that he's back for game two next week. And that's basically all you can hope for if you're a Chiefs fan for him to get back as soon as possible and playing at a high level that he's used to. The other holdout, if you will, was Chris Jones, the nose tackle. That's a different story. Uh, Kelsey had a legitimate legitimate reason for not playing. In my opinion, Chris Jones, uh, he has a contract. He's a contract paying him about $20 million a year. And what he's doing, he's sitting in a luxury box watching the games from the sidelines, if you will, when he should be out there playing. I think he let his team down. You sign your name on the contract saying you're going to play, and all of a sudden you have your uh, sports agent telling you that you over um, that, that you overexcelled on your end of the bargain. You should ask for some more money. So you know, a lot of times these sports agents... They are enablers, in my opinion, and they uh, give some advice to some of these players that I think is, is the wrong way of doing it. So Chris Jones, for whatever reason, and the reason is he wants more money. That's, that's exactly what it is. But he's, he's holding out. He's sitting on the sideline watching his team get beat. Now, was that the reason that they lost? Yeah, I think it's part of it. Because if Detroit's running the ball, and they did run the ball pretty well, I was surprised at how they're able to get up and down the field. But uh, with the nose tackle, Jones, I mean, he's, he's definitely someone that can bunch things up in the middle. They missed him out there, no doubt. But the bottom line is you have to be able to score points. When you look at the Chiefs, they scored 14 points. They're not going to win any games. Now, you have... You have Mahomes out there who can you know, make some plays out of nothing, but the offensive um, line gave Mahomes time like they usually do, and they made, some, um, if, they made some mistakes in the fact that there is more drop balls by the Chiefs in one game than I've seen in a long time from that team. Uh, he went to, I think, seven or eight different players as well, so he was spreading the ball around. Uh, you notice the difference on the red zone when Kelsey wasn't there. There are a couple long third downs where so many times you see Kelsey finding a way to you know, break open in the middle of the field or perhaps come back to the ball and Mahomes finds a way to get it to him. 
you didn't see that obviously in the game on Thursday night. And then of course you had Donovan Smith. You Bucks fans, you remember him? Yeah, he had a critical offside, which really cost him there at the end of the game. So all things said, it was the first game and you can't look into it that much. So if you're a Chiefs fan, just take it with a grain of salt and saying that they'll be back next week as soon as they're able to get Kelsey healthy. And hopefully Jones has some type of uh, you know, revelation that he decides to sign and come back and play. Again, I, I, I think that he's being selfish on his end. And uh, yeah, get, get what you want to get. And I'm all for that. But do it the right way. No, do it the way that Mike Evans is doing it. You know, he's at training camp. Mike did not miss any of the OTAs. He's at camp trying to you know, work with the new quarterback there with Baker Mayfield. He's, he's out there. He's the you know, consummate professional. And, you know, I think I heard a, um, he was doing a press conference the other day and he answered questions about the contract. He won't be talking about it after Saturday. Uh, the deadline today is to see if the Bucks get something done with him. Do I think they will? I don't think they will today. I think they're pretty far apart, but I do think that uh, perhaps some point during the year, even though his side is saying they won't entertain anything, I don't buy that for a second. If the you know Bucks come to the agent with a contract and um, it's something that looks good for Evans, they'll probably get it done. I said last week, I feel as though at some point they will get something done as far as a contract goes with Evans. And don't forget, uh, he is a true professional. I think Mike Evans has a chance to go down as the uh, best buck of all times. We talked about that last week, talked about the bucks in the past, uh, a number of them that are out there that we threw some names around. But you know, for Evans, you have to remember that he's 30 years old and he's gonna do what's best for him and the Bucks organization is going to do what's best for them as well. So I think it's a situation where both teams are, both sides are uh, going to operate in good faith. Evans will be out there having a, a good year. I think all indications show he's ready for the kickoff tomorrow. And I think that worst case scenario, don't forget, I mean, the Bucks could always franchise him in... 2024 and I think the franchise tag for that would be about 27 million which I don't think you'd have a problem with I don't know for sure what his side is asking for um, I, I do think that if the, uh, the Bucks would come with a you know maybe three year 25 million a year or something like that I think that's a fair fair deal I think anything longer than three years is a risk for the Bucks, because don't forget, Evans is 30 years old right now. So you do a five-year deal, you're talking, you know, being the age of 35 at a wide receiver, it's pretty unlikely he's going to be able to operate at the level that he's been. And, and don't forget, I think, uh, for as productive as, as Mike Evans has been, you now couple him with Godwin out there at the same time, Godwin's healthy, and those two guys can definitely cause some fits for secondaries of teams that they're going to be seeing this year. So, you know, my point is that if you're a Chiefs fan, 
do it the right way, Chris Jones. Go out there and, you know, fulfill your end of the contract. Go out there and play. You signed the contract. I mean, just think if it was the other way. If you sign a huge contract, get a boatload of money, and then you underperform. Do you ever give the money back? That never happens. Never will. Uh, so it shouldn't work uh, the other way if you think you're overperforming and you want to race. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com. We'll be right back to break down the game for the Bucks tomorrow. Freedom Junkie Beards. Free your beard from its dismal existence and kick it up a notch. Freedom Junkie Beards is made in the USA with the highest quality ingredients from beard oils, jellies, balms, and waxes to shine, hydrate, smooth, and control frizz to keep that beard in check. Protect your beard from the elements with an all-star lineup of products from Freedom Junkie Beards. American-made, American-grown. Online at fjbeards.com or text keyword BEARD to 64600. That's 64600 for more information. So if you're ready to join the Freedom Junkie Nation, then let's get bearded. A percentage of all sales are donated to charities supporting wounded veterans and vets with PTSD. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Bucks fans, all right, here we go. The opener. Bucks at Vikings, 1 o'clock tomorrow. What do the Bucks need to do to be able to go up there and start the season off 1-0? Well, first of all, I think everything's going to start with the defense this year for the Bucks. In order for them to have any hopes of having a good season, I think that the defense, Todd Bowles' defense, needs to step up, be aggressive, and uh, set the tone. Set the tone early in games. They need to come after Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's 6-9 as a starting quarterback versus NFC South teams. Doesn't like playing those teams for some reason. It's going to be a tough matchup for us, especially when you talk about uh, having to guard the best wide receiver in the game, in my opinion, talking about Justin Jefferson. And the other receivers aren't that bad either. You get Jordan Addison and K.J. Osborne. And of course, you have T.J. Hawkinson, who's a tough tight end. But I, I think what you need to look at, will the cornerbacks, will the Bucks cornerbacks, Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis III, uh, be able to slow Justin Jefferson and make the Vikings beat you a different way. Now, the Vikings, if you look, since 1970, they have a 70% uh, home opener record of, of winning. So that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty impressive. I think that if you look at the targets right now, they're definitely going to be going to um, Hawkinson and, of course, Jefferson. You take away Jefferson, it may lead a couple uh, other... Uh, receivers open, maybe a couple out of the backfield as well, but you need to be able to shut down the offense. The best way to shut down an offense is to keep them on the sidelines, right? We saw that with the game on Thursday night when Detroit did a great job uh, keeping Kansas City and Mahomes off the field. So when the Bucks are on the field, what's going to happen with them? Well, I think that you look at the way we can score, I think you know Mike Evans and Chris Godwin has some very high 
windows of opportunity this week. I believe that the Vikings are 30th or 31st in defense with the pass, against the pass. And of course, you're talking about two receivers that are you know, in the top of the league. Before, before Godwin got hurt, I had him as one of the top uh, six or seven receivers in the league. And now he's back. He's fully healthy. I think that you're going to have nothing but upside potential because who are you going to guard? You want to double team Evans? Go ahead. That leaves Godwin open and vice versa. Um, I think that if you look at the Bucks having a balanced attack, this is the first game for offensive coordinator Canales from what you understand and hear. Uh, the team's bought into his approach, and uh, he may have a couple things up his sleeve, a couple surprises for the Minnesota defense. So are we going to be able to put points on the board? That's going to be a question that is going to follow the Bucks all year long, in my opinion, because when you have a team that was... Um, what seven and nine last year? Uh, eight and nine last year. You know, you win one, lose one. So you can't have that this year against the same type of of teams that have gotten better in the off season. Ask yourself: Have the Bucks gotten better in the off season? Are they better this year than they were last year? Don't forget, last year you had number twelve, Tom Brady, behind the center. So this year we have Baker Mayfield. Now, Mayfield, uh, this is the um, third different team he's starting for in as many years. So, you know, is there points of encouragement with him? Yeah, he's out there. He's, he's played some games. He knows uh, the team can rally around him. But he's going to have to go out there and manage the game, similar to Jared Goff did with Detroit on Thursday nights. Uh, now, keep in mind, week one, whether the Bucks win or lose or any other team for that matter, it's not really a true indicator of how this season's going to go. It's a long season, but it is a start nonetheless. So you want to go out there and, and put your best foot forward and hope that we can go out there and, and keep moving the chains. I think when you uh, have some of the weapons that we have, we're able to do that. Will we? That remains to be seen. That's why you go and play the game. But I do think that's going to be a competitive game as long as our cornerbacks, like I mentioned, can, can keep Jefferson and team in check there, then we should have a chance to go out there and win. If we can play tough, tough defense and give our offense a chance to win it at the end, then I like our chances. If not, then, you know, it's going to go the other way and Minnesota's tough at home like we talked about. So it's going to be an interesting game. Definitely looking forward to it. Some other games, you have one o'clock game, 49ers at Pittsburgh. You know, you have Kenny Pickett and Brock Purdy, two quarterbacks that were picked 242 picks apart. If you remember, you know, Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft. But I, I think that he's really uh, shown his grit after getting hurt last year. And I really think that after offseason UCL repair surgery on his elbow, he's going to come out here and do the same thing he did last year. What did he do last year? He led his team, I think, to the NFC Championship against Philly. So he doesn't you know, make mistakes. When he's out there, he 
sees what the defense is giving him. He really reads the defense, I think, very well for the short time that he's been playing. You look at Kenny Pickett on the other side. He's, his momentum right now from the end of last season, he's really orchestrating an offensive, explosive offense right now for Pittsburgh. I think that if you look at Pittsburgh, he's going to go out there and put some points on the board. From a defensive standpoint, T.J. Watt, the Steelers are going to rush T.J. Watt and they're going to try to make Brock Purdy a look up in the sky. And the 49ers have one of the toughest run defenses in the league. They allowed the fewest rushing yards to running backs last season. So you're going to have to pass the ball against San Fran to be able to win. But you know what? That's what Pittsburgh does. And I think that when it comes right down to it, uh, it's going to be one of those games where turnovers are going to be the, the difference in the game. And I'm actually picking the uh, Steelers to win this game by a field goal. Bengals at the Browns. Joe Burrow just signed a huge contract, I think $275 million uh, with Cincinnati. So they'll be playing at the Browns at one o'clock and does he have any rustiness from not playing? Don't forget he had that calf injury that has sidelined him for oh, several weeks uh, in the preseason. Not that preseason um, means too much, but you know he's, he's coming back from that injury. Now Cleveland's defense, uh, they're pretty good. Don't forget they have Elijah Moore and Deshaun Watson. So any team that has those two players could probably you know, move the chains and get some yards. What's it going to come down to in this game? I think that the offensive line for the Bengals, if they're able to protect Burrow, give him some time to find his receivers. Uh, Cleveland running back, Nick Chubb, they're going to have to find a way if you're Cincinnati to slow him down because he will run all over you and he seems to get stronger as the game goes. So you want to make sure that um, you're able to keep him in check. I think it's going to be uh, come down to the end and I'm going to go with a field goal in Cincinnati's favor. But that's going to be a great game if you guys have a chance to watch that one. The Panthers at the Falcons, another one o'clock game. The Falcons are favored by three and a half in this one. It's a home game for them. You're going to have a quarterback making their first start for the Panthers. I'm talking about the number one overall pick, Bryce Young. And you have a running back for Atlanta, Bijan Robinson, the number eight pick. is going to play his first game for the uh, Falcons as well. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think that Young, despite his lack of size, is going to go out there and find a way to put some points on the board. I look for him to probably throw between 275 and, and 300 yards in his first start. And I think that he's going to be facing a Falcons defense that was ranked 25th last year. And they are able to give up some points. So what's going to happen on the other side of the ball? Well, Drake London's going to pose a challenge to the Panthers defense, that's for sure. And I think that if you look at what's going on with the Falcons, if Robinson is everything that they say he is from the running back standpoint, then it should be an interesting day. And I do think that the Falcons are going to be able to hold off the Panthers and win this game by um, three to five points as well. 
You got the Jaguars at the Colts. Jacksonville's favored by uh, five in that one. You're going to see rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson uh, starting for the Colts. Don't know what's going to happen with that. Of course, Trevor Lawrence on the other side of the ball. Uh, I'm looking for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game, probably by about 10 points if I had to go out on the limb. I think that Jacksonville is going to have a, a, a really good year this year. And I think that... Lawrence is ready to have a, a, a breakout year himself. Titans at the Saints is another 1 o'clock game. Um, you have left tackle Trevor Penning. Uh, I, I think that if you look at the Saints right now, when they play at home, they're pretty tough. But don't forget, Tennessee has Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins. And I think Hopkins is going to have a big game, probably over 100 yards and Derrick Henry will, I was definitely going to have over 100 yards, maybe closer to 100 and 150. The Saints typically win their season openers. I think it's been four in a row. They have Michael Thomas as a receiver, and if he's able to go out to his old form, it's going to be interesting pairing him up with Chris Olave. It's going to be a formidable duo. So I think that if you look at that game, I'm going to go with the Saints winning that one. Cardinals at the Commanders. You know, Washington is favored by seven in this game. I think that James Conner is going to have a good game, uh, maybe a touchdown or two. Uh, do I think that the Cardinals have enough to win this game? I'm going to go with Washington in this one. I think that the Commanders sold out the game. They're making a fresh start after Daniel Snyder selling the team. I think that this team has a lot of potential, and I think that they win this game actually going away. Texans at the Ravens, that's a good matchup as well. When you talk about Lamar Jackson the Ravens' defense as well looks to continue their hot streaks. C.J. Stroud is going to be the starting quarterback for the Texans. I don't see Baltimore running all over them, but I do see the Ravens winning, uh, especially pulling away in the second half. I think they'll win by about 14. Four o'clock game, you have the Packers at the Bears. Rodgers is gone, so now you have Jordan Love. Going to see what happens his first year at the helm. I think Green Bay um, is going to be out there, and they have something to prove. They want to show that it wasn't just because of Rodgers that they've had some success in the past years, although not the success that they were hoping for, but I think that uh, the Packers' Matt LaFleur, he's 8-0 in his head coaching career against the Bears. Don't forget the Bears have Justin Fields as well as, uh, I think, six or seven new starters on defense. They look definitely different than the one that the team that filled the team last year. So uh, this game, I do think that Love is going to come out and play well, and I think that the Packers are going to probably win by a touchdown in this game, and it should be a very good game. The Raiders at the Broncos. Denver's favored by three and a half. Um... I don't know. You have Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got something to prove. You have Russell Wilson on the other side. Of course, he has something to prove. Uh, the Raiders uh, running back Josh, Josh Jacobs. See what he's going to be able to do after not having much of a preseason training camp. So 
Denver running backs, Javante Williams, Samari Perrine. I think they're going to be um, ready for a good game. I'm going with the Broncos in this game by a touchdown. Another game that I think is going to be one of the best ones of the weekend are the Eagles at the Patriots. As of right now, the Eagles are a four-point favorite up there in Foxborough, which, you know, the, the Patriots don't lose too many games off up there. I think that the Eagles coming off a season in which they totaled the third most sacks in NFL history. And the Patriots' biggest question mark is their offensive line. So that's going to be probably where the game's going to be won or lost for the Patriots. I think that uh, special teams is always something that the Patriots look to excel in over the game. Mac Jones is the quarterback. I think if you pressure him, though, uh, he is prone to some turnovers. I, I really, with Jalen Hurts and, and the offense for the Eagles, the Eagles should win this game, but you know all bets are off up there when you have a Bill Belichick coach team. So I would not be surprised if the Patriots won that game. And however, it is Week One, so whatever does happen, uh, again, take it for what it's worth. You got the Dolphins and the Chargers uh, looking to square off. The Chargers are three-point favorites in this game. It should be a should be a very interesting game. Of course, you have the Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert. He was pretty dominant last year. I think he's poised to have another good season. Uh, you have Tua there with Miami. Uh, Miami's going to run, run. I think Raheem is going to have a good game. Um, and I think that when you see the Chargers, I, the Chargers are a team that they should win this game. And I'm going to go with them by a field goal. They have a chance to go a long way this year. I think when you have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams uh, for the vertical passing game under uh, Kellen Moore, I think they have a good chance of putting up a whole bunch of points this year. We'll see what happens. Rams at the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks favored by five and a half. We're going to watch Cab Akers see if he starts where he left off last year. I'm going to pick the uh, Seahawks in that one. Then the night game is going to be the Cowboys at the Giants. If you look at this team, two NFC East teams, the defenders for the Cowboys, Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, uh, two of the best there. I think that the Cowboys priority in the offseason was to improve on the defensive side of the ball, which I believe they did. The Giants on the other side, Shaquan Barkley, you know the story with him. He came back and he's uh, says he's ready to play. He's injury-free right now. Uh, it's going to be a test for him. I don't know if he's going to have 100 yards or not in this one. Prescott, how much pressure is on Prescott with Dallas? Anytime you have a, a quarterback on a Jerry Jones team, there's definitely pressure. And this is going to be an interesting game. I think the Cowboys are going to be too much for the Giants, though. I look for them to start their season off on a winning track. And then, of course, the game that everyone's been waiting for is going to be Aaron Rodgers Monday night uh, playing, hosting the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, the Jets have gone eight straight games against the Bills without scoring more than 20 points. Is that going to come to an end? It should be interesting. All the hype with Aaron Rodgers. People are saying that, you know, they're going to you know, win the AFC and everything else without even playing a 
down in the season yet without Aaron Rodgers wearing a red jersey. So it's going to be um, quite the game, I think. I'm actually looking for Buffalo to win this game. I think everyone else is going to pick the Jets to win. But I think when you have uh, Josh Allen, he's out there. He can beat you with his arm or his legs. And I think that he's going to be able to go out there and put some pressure on the Jets defense. We'd love to hear your thoughts on any of these games. What's your prediction for the Bucks this year? Um, you know, a lot of people say it's going to be a tough season. Four, five, six wins, maybe. Uh, I'm saying six or seven. I'm going to take the optimistic route and um, say that they're going to be able to gel at some point during the season. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. A little college football uh, after week one. Good wins by Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, of course, the the Knowles had a great showing against LSU on a Monday night. Ohio State won. USC went to two and zero. Penn State one and zero. Washington won. Tennessee. Notre Dame is off to a two and zero start. Texas one and zero. You're gonna see a good game today when Alabama and Texas hook up. I think that's one of the, um, the better games. I didn't see that many. Games that are worth watching, honestly, this weekend in college. A lot of times in the beginning of the season, they're playing some teams, top teams playing some teams, just um, has a nice way of saying it that isn't going to really make that much of a difference unless they lose. So, uh, but that Texas game, Texas-Bama, I think Bama has a lot to prove, especially after everyone is saying how good Georgia is. Georgia held on to the number one spot. Michigan is still two. Bama's coming in at three. Uh, Florida State's moved up to four. So it should be a very good season and looking forward to getting into the meat of the um, schedule as we go. Talking about the Rays for a second. The Rays are four games back going into the weekend here. Still playing Seattle. We took two out of three from Boston, but... Didn't fare that well against the Guardians this week. We're winning a game, losing a game. Glasnow had a fantastic outing with 14 strikeouts uh, when he pitched the other night. I think that as we come down the home stretch, about 22 games or so left, it's going to be important that we maintain our composure and. Uh, do we have a shot at catching Baltimore? I've been saying, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, if they really need to go on a streak here, they need to be able to wake the bats up. Losing games, one nothing isn't going to get the job done, obviously. And uh, we'll talk more about 
the Rays next week as they get closer to the playoff run. A lot going on, obviously, with the NFL this week. That took up most of the time. Uh, we do want to talk a second about some tennis, U.S. Open. It looks like um, Coco Golf and Sabalenka will be in the women's final. And then you have Djokovic playing, I think he's playing Alcaraz, the one and two. Um, Alcaraz was playing Medvedev, did not see the final on that one, but I know Djokovic is on top of his game right now, and if you plan on beating him, you better not make many mistakes. And if anyone uh, can beat him right now, it, it might be Alcaraz, the young 20-year-old Spaniard, I believe, uh, but he's all over the place, and he gets to everything and makes some great shots. Should be a fun match if, in fact, that's what it is. Uh, again, we're not going to get to any emails today. We'll catch them next week. That's all the time we have, guys. I appreciate you listening to the show. It's growing every week, and your emails uh, really uh, are informed emails. So the listening audience out there, you know, you really follow the sports. You know what's going on, and I appreciate listening to the show and all the input. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. As always, stay vigilant. Stay safe. Above all, stay positive. Let's hope that the Bucks can go out there up to Minnesota and come back with a W. We'll talk to you next week in the gymnasium. Mm-hmm.